station is now the ultimate power in the universe. It's true. How's it going, General Shinobi? What's happening, girl? Happy New Year. That's right. This is the uh, first uh, live Mm -hmm. of uh, the year 2022. That is scary, isn't it? Yes, it is. 2022 happy new year to everybody in the chat uh you ready to talk book of boba fett how are you my friend i have notes oh my god that is i got some notes too and surprise your head isn't exploding i it, it was it was exploding yesterday like yesterday when i when you announced it in the chat i was uh totally flabbergasted i'm like no it's wait a minute that is crazy, but we're going to talk a little bit about Boba Fett, um, but uh, here at the Scare of Scuttlebutt podcast, we love Star Wars, don't we? Star Wars is awesome. We love everything Star Wars. Star Wars is great. Yeah. Thank you very much for stopping by. Bye-bye. No, I'm just kidding. Just kidding. Just kidding. Oh, you were a robot. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. All right. We um we have a great show. Uh, thank you everybody for joining us in the chat. We'll read off some names in a little bit, and uh, let people come on in. But speaking of having people come on in, um, I'm very happy to uh to to bring in uh two of the most wonderful people on the internet. Uh, we have uh Mr. Brad. From the Scare of Scuttlebutt podcast. <laughs> I feel so honored. I, I've never been brought in like that. It's, like, who is he talking about? Surely it's not me. <clears throat> Happy it New is. Year, Happy New Year and don't call me Shirley. <laughs> and um, again, uh, just uh, some wonderful people that are joining us tonight. We have uh, Andrew from the Science Fictionary. Andrew, how's it going, hey. brother? What's going on, everybody? Oh, I'm so happy to see you guys. Um, we originally had uh, Rob from Jedi Temple Archives uh, programmed uh, in the show tonight, but uh, he had some unexpected uh, work situation happen, um, and uh, he won't be joining us. I'm sure he will watch uh, us on the replay, but I am very, very excited to talk about the book of Boba Fett, uh, a little, sh- uh, I guess, you know, I recoined, uh, Brad, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm doing a lot of hashtags because, you know, when we first started, we, we did these hashtag things and they worked out really well. So, you know, besides, uh, scare of live hashtag, um, I coined this one Boba Fett refresh. Um, so we're going to really, we're going to dive into this and, and, uh, this is going to be a good show, but not before we show, uh, our little, uh, intro graphic. So take it away. Intro graphic. All right, friends. Can I I, I recommend something? I mean, Recommend it. Boba Fett refresh is nice, but I'm just shortly up to Boba (laughs) Fettish. That would be the after show. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's, That's, oh, yeah, that's, that's that Shanti show. There There you go. There you go. There you go. Thank you. Exactly. Exactly. He's learning. He's learning. All right, friends, a special Scarif Live tonight. We're doing a special live series uh, called Boba Fett Refresh. Uh, there's a whole bunch of people in the chat. Thank you guys for joining us tonight, Sunday, January 2nd, 2022. How freaky is that? Where are the flying cars, everybody? We were supposed to get flying cars by 19, what, 1999? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, we're going to talk about the first uh, chapter of uh, the book of Boba Fett. Uh, what was the name of the title? Stranger in a Strange Sorry, Land. Yes, we're going to dive deep our likes, our dislikes. Um, so I have a short disclaimer on my uh, multi-page notes here. Um, we will be filled with spoilers, so if you haven't seen uh, the first episode of The Book of Boba Fett, please uh, put us in pause, uh, go watch it, come back. Uh, we'll still be here, probably, because it's, <laughs> it's only, what, 33 minutes or whatever, but um, absolutely. So uh, I just want to say welcome to our panel, Andrew and Brad. Brad, you were telling me before we went on the air that uh, that very beautiful uh, hat you're wearing. What's the story on that? Yeah, so this is a uh, Star Wars Force Awakens hat. Uh, a buddy of mine in the Navy uh, gave it to me. He was uh, on board another aircraft carrier. And uh, when uh, Episode 7 came uh, out, or right before it came out, J.J. Uh, Abrams was flown out to the carrier and uh, got to talk with all the folks there, uh, all the sailors on board uh, that carrier. Uh, and, uh, you know, a couple of years ago, my friend said, you know what, I, I, I got something for you. I think you can appreciate this more than I ever did. Uh, and he gave it to me. It was still in the box, and uh, with it was a, uh, a note from JJ himself. Uh, you know, a, a thank you for your service uh, from JJ, uh, and, and he gave it to me. And I'm like, man, I I'm, I don't uh, normally you know tear up with uh, with gifts, but uh, probably one of the one of the best gifts I ever got. So yeah, uh, it's actually the first time I've ever worn it. Um, but yeah, very nice, cool, cool very story. nice. Love that, love that. Great, uh, <clears throat> great little gift. Great little remembrance of. Uh, of the movie really cool yep. i like swag oh, yeah. who doesn't who doesn't like swag right <clears throat> um all right so uh before we get knee deep in sarlacc juice i want to go around the table and do a quick one word reaction to the first episode uh if we can just kind of uh you know go around and see what uh what you guys thought and I know for the most part, I know uh, we're going to really dive into it because we've got some opposing opinions and views here. But uh, Chantel, I, I'm almost like chomping at the bit here. Uh, what are your, Give us a one word reaction to uh, the first uh, chapter. Ugh. <laughs> all right. OK, that counts as a word. <laughs> all right. All right. Cool, cool, cool. Um, my one word reaction, uh, might, might go along the lines of UG, um, maybe not boring, but how about, huh? Okay. Does that count? Sure. All right. All right. Sounds good. All right. Andrew. Optimistic. Optimistic. All right. All right. And, uh, Brad. Necessary. Necessary. All right. I like that. I like that. Um, I, I can see, I can see that. I can see that. Excellent. All right. So we got our one word, uh, reviews. Um, what do you guys want to talk about first? Let's, uh, let's go to the top. And I know we all kind of have some notes, either mental or written down, but, um, what did you, what'd you guys, <laughs> I, 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 I gotta, I, but, uh, so, thank, I want to hear Brad. Yeah. So, uh, I'm glad I got members of the team. I'm going to say you guys are the dissenters on this one. Really? And, uh, really? I want to hear the voices of the dissenters first, because <laughs> I, I think I'm going to let you, uh, well, this is how like, you know, last Jedi conversations go. I'm going to let you guys say your piece and then I'm going to tell you why you're wrong on that. <laughs> uh, so, so I, I want to hear why you, why you gave it 
an ug or more. <laughs> I, I'd, I'd love to hear that. And then I'll tell you why you're looking at it from the wrong angle. And I said something earlier to uh, somebody on Twitter. Um, you know, really, a lot of my criticisms uh, going forward are um, are nitpicky for me. But I also said, even before this uh, episode was was dropped on Disney Plus, I said that I was going to go really hard on this because uh, because of the character, because of the notoriety of of you know people didn't know what to expect from a Boba Fett show. Um, so you know I'm gonna I'm gonna be very hard on the show. Um, a lot of the criticisms that I have personally are are production based, and um, there's some people that that I've seen, you know, kind of post similar things uh, th- that I'm going to critique that I'm going to talk about. But um, yeah. So that being said, um, Shanti, let's start with you. Let's not get those. Uh, let's not have those notes go to waste. <laughs> yeah. What do you got? I never do homework. Yeah. Well, first of all, I don't want to compare the two. So I'm going to preface this by saying that I, I'm not trying to compare the two. That's not what I did. I'm like you, Ro, I was looking at more from a production aspect. I haven't rewatched The Mandalorian in a long mm-hmm. time. Okay. So I wanted to compare the two first episodes, the first season of The Mandalorian first episode, and then this first episode of Boba Fett. And I just felt like Boba Fett felt, the production felt cheaper to me. I don't know why. It just looked fake. Some of the backgrounds were distracting. And I felt like I noticed it more when they were indoors than when they were outdoors. So, like, when people were talking, I was very distracted by the background. It's almost like I could tell, like, there was a green screen there. And I didn't like that. And then one of the other things about it is when I watched the first episode of the first season of The Mandalorian, by the time I got to the end of the episode, I was like, holy shit. I can't wait for the second episode. This is really amazing. It really captured my attention. By the end of the episode of Boba Fett, I was kind of like, I just want to get to the second episode just to see if it picks up at all. It's now not even like, oh, I'm so excited for the second episode. It's more of just, all right, I need a little bit more before I can just say this is so wonderful. Right. And I to me it seemed like only half an episode. Right. Um That's how I felt. And it's probably one of the shortest of of the Star Wars streaming shows, um one of the shortest episodes. Um you know, it's it started I don't know. It's um let, let's get to to pacing because for me the pacing didn't work that well. Um but um Andrew, I wanted to hear from you and I heard your show yesterday you and uh, Marisha were talking about uh, the show and and I did have some some points that you said that I had agreed upon. But um, what were your what was your take as far as the length of the show, the look of the show? So I don't necessarily think the length is the overall problem. I am Don has said it in the chat over here. I am. I think that it's just if they're going to do these weekly releases and this is across the board this is this is the marvel stuff marvel's doing it marvel has done this and it works release the first two episodes give mm-hmm. people more meat up front to dig into i agree i think the more you give people on the front the more likely you're, you are to hook people and i think that i think that's how people are going to feel after the second episode comes out mm-hmm. but 
the only my my only after watching it a couple of times after really kind of digging deep into what they're doing my biggest problems with the episode it was pacing but i don't think it's the pacing they're basically we're telling two stories right mm-hmm. right so i don't think it's the pacing of either story it's the key is the constant interrupting of the of each one like i just kind of wish they would have told the the tuscan raider stuff up front like do do what we did and then don't interrupt it to come to the modern point like let's tell that story uh because i actually find that stuff to be really interesting i think that's going to be in incredibly important to the future with boba fett and how he chooses to rule um and kind of this person he becomes because of this this whole thing is is building on the the trope of rebirth um, that's what we're doing. He has been reborn after his escape from the Sarlacc pit. So my biggest problem is this jumping back and forth. It's a it's it's become too common of a trope. Mm-hmm. I wrote this exact same thing down that I said, please don't do another Mandalorian where we're doing flashbacks of his past along with what's going on in the present. Right. I don't and, want I... To do... and I don't have a problem with the length of time either because the Mandalorian, the first episode of the first, was only a one minute longer. Yeah. So it really does have nothing to do with time if you can really give me a good story. I just, and what is, what is it about? I can't even get like a basic, I don't know, basic principle of what it's second. about. <laughs> I'm gonna tell um, you this. Drop your knowledge I, on me, Brad. Go ahead. I 100% love the story they're telling. I love both parts of the story. Like I said, my only gripe is the the bouncing back and forth. It's disjointed. Before Brad says anything, I just want to say you're doing uh, this on purpose to make me wait. I know that. Okay. No, again, you know, my criticism is is mostly production. I'm obviously enjoying watching you know new star wars on on any screen big screen or small screen i enjoy boba fett as a character i enjoy the the actors uh you know uh Fennec shan uh the characters the new characters that we're, we're we're learning about i'm enjoying everything it's the, the for me it's 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 a little bit of the production that kind of throws me out of it mm-hmm. um i wasn't too crazy with the pacing you know, back and forth, the flashbacks are really long. I mean, in The Mandalorian, they were shorter and were actually flashbacks. This is like telling two scenes concurrently or two stories concurrently. And again, which, you know, I don't have a problem. But if the episode were longer, I think um, it would have felt better to me. Um, or add more episodes. There's only yeah. seven. Right. All right. Brad is going to tell us now why we're all 100% wrong. And then you're going to go back and rewatch it. And you're like, wow, Brad was right as usual. Uh, so this episode, and I'm going to, I'm going to use, I don't use this word lightly. Uh, this episode was biblical in nature. 100%. And I'm going to get back to that point. But, you know, I wondered when they introduced it, why is it called the book of Boba Fett? And I think this is, this is going to answer what you guys are talking about as why do they keep showing flashbacks, right? This is telling the entire story of Boba Fett. So I think what we're forgetting already, uh, and, and Ro, I, I knew your expectations were going to be ultra high for this episode. So it, it, it probably wasn't going to meet your expectations no matter what happened. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. But this is when I said necessary at the top of the show, this is what we've been waiting to see uh, since 1983. We saw Boba Fett go out like a chump. None, you know, he was the he was already the coolest character, right? I mean, you know, we 
you know, we, we all saw Under the Helmet. We watched that documentary, right? He was the, the coolest character, uh, and he went out like a chump, and we all hoped and prayed that he was still alive, that he made his way out of there, and we got to see it. And, you know, and it wasn't, we saw the pain that it, that it took. Um, and, and here's, here's why I call it biblical, right? You call it the book of Boba Fett. It, you could have literally put like the book of Job on this one. He literally had everything thrown at him. Uh, he was in the Sarlacc where he was being digested by acid, right? He got his way. And then he was windswept, uh, you know, with the sand, dragged through the desert by Banthas, tied up and beaten by sand people, and then encountered a, a giant creature in the middle of the desert. And much like Leia did, this I saw some parallels between, you know, Leia when she killed Jabba with her chains, right? The chains that also imprisoned him, right? He used those to kill that creature. And, you know, what what I think this shows, and, and he killed the creature with his bare hands. And I, I think what we're seeing on this one is sometimes just surviving, right? And, and, and you see this in the military a lot, you know, sometimes just surviving makes you the biggest badass of all, right? He literally went through hell and he made it through hell and, and he lived to tell about it. And the reason why I think they showed it as that, right? He says the dreams are coming back. You know, that's a very PTSD type thing, right? The dreams are coming back, right? He, he thought he outlived them, um, but, you know, you're, you're swimming there in Bacta, and, and that's what you're going to think of. Um, so I, I think if you don't like the flashbacks, you might be disappointed uh, in this series because I think it's going to build a lot on that. We're going to see a lot of what we missed for Boba. Um, but, you know, uh, I know we'll talk going forward, but I think what we'll see here is, you know, he might be the biggest badass bounty hunter in the galaxy, but that does not make you a good crime lord. And uh, I think we're going to see that while he's a good bounty hunter, he's not going to make a good crime lord. And so I think it's going to go in a completely different direction than what we all anticipate. So that's my two cents. So are you saying that they should actually have named this the Book of Jonah Fett? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, then, yeah, maybe, yeah. But I mean, there are a lot of biblical references. I mean, even the title is straight out of Exodus. Yep. Um, and you know, and and I would not have minded the flashbacks as they were if they were just if 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 one of the stories was a little longer. It's just it seemed like, uh, you know, just when things were getting interesting, you know, credits rolled, and I'm like. Mm -hmm. oh. Um, and you know, again, everybody's criticism about, you know, they should have at least dropped two, two episodes at once, you know, that, that would have been great. I know they want to stretch out the, the, the subscription year and, 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 you know, they only had seven episodes, but, um, yeah, it, that's why I really wasn't so like gung ho about this one. Um, and Brad, you are absolutely right. My, at, at this point, my expectations for a star war are like through the roof. Um, you know, some of the things that I noticed that just looked, you know, again, you know, it, I, I described it in the past like a uh, a fan film with a decent budget. Mm -hmm. There was, uh, you know, the fight, the slow fight in the sand when so, he escapes the first time. It seems like they were in a warehouse somewhere. So and, what you're what you're saying though is that it looks like a Robert Rodri Rodriguez movie. Well, it actually shocked me actually 
<laughs> I mean, when I saw that at the end, you know, like, Robert Rodriguez's whole style is a little fringe and and camp know. in a lot of ways. I felt like I was walking through Galaxy's Edge. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I felt like I was walking through a theme park. I don't know. And you know, and and it's interesting me. because the the Robert Rodriguez aspect of it, and especially in the uh, the episode that he directed for The Mandalorian, also to me looked like a like a Star Trek episode. They went out to the desert. And they, you know, dressed some people in stormtrooper outfits and they did their thing. Um, so, you know, when it comes to bringing in, you know, famous directors and bringing them in to do their thing with Star Wars, obviously we've seen that happen before. Um, I don't think that it's a smart move to do that. Star Wars has a certain feel a certain tapestry to it that makes it what it is. And if you start bringing in, I don't know, directors to change that, I think fundamentally it changes Star Wars to begin with. And I, I don't know. Um, I disagree with you on that one. I'm, I mean, number one, I think we should have Ryan Johnson directing everything. Uh, two, <laughs> I mean, I, have, I, like, I, I, like different, I like different voices on it. Which, uh, which episode of Mandalorian did he direct? Was it the prisoner? Uh, no, and I, I don't remember the the title, but it was uh, I think it was when 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 um, when Grogu was finally calling out to the Force, and then the stormtroopers came on the shuttles. I don't know the, so the, the name one, of that. The title. one with oh no, the one with the introduction of Boba. That was, was it. That, yeah. That, so that oh yeah. So yeah. I think it's fitting then that that he did this. He one. wrote. He he directed the tragedy. Uh, okay, chapter so, fourteen. Yeah, so, I mean, you know, I think since he did that episode i think it's fitting that he did this one um but you know as far as yeah i, I agree with you i thought we were going to get another episode on friday that would have been nice mm. um but i mean here we are talking about it of course um but you know do you want to start all the way up here and that's you know, do you want to you know because if you start all the way up there the only place you can go is down as far as the series goes wouldn't you rather have it as a roller coaster where you have some chance for ascension well, and Filoni's involved here, and it's right. you know if Filoni's involved, it's going to be a slow build. It always is. Right. I, yeah. that's I, I think this, this season is going to, I think your, your optimistic, um, you know, appraisal of the situation, uh, <laughs> as it were, um, I think is, is appropriate because I truly think um, this season is going to take some turns that we're not expecting at all. If you just... Row, if you just left your expectations at the door for it, uh, and I don't mean that in a smart-ass kind of way, I, I think it's gonna, I think it's gonna take some turns that we're not expecting. Which will that's be... the thing. I went in with low expectations, and I'm still disappointed. So, yeah, the 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 thing about expectations, and I, I, you know, I will admit that for me, the expectations were high because, like I said before, the show even dropped, I said I'm gonna go hard on the show because of what it is. Mm-hmm. We've seen the Mandalorian. We've seen two seasons of it. Ahsoka kicked ass in, mm-hmm. in that show. This is, you know, no punches pulled. Um, but this episode seemed a little, um, I'm going to dare to say, a little on the weak side. And maybe if it were longer and there were a little bit more explanation, there's a lot of stuff that was set up in, in this episode, which are great. I'm going to watch it next week. I'm going to watch the entire run. But it just seemed too short for me to... To 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 not to like it because I did like it, 
But I mean, I don't know. It's just there were so many things in 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 this episode that just walked outside of 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 the of of what Star Wars is to me. Like te- not not and I'm talking about technically um the music was off, the visual effects were off. I hated um, the music. And I I you know I chatted with Sean over at uh, another Star Wars podcast. You know, we really talked about the scope of Star Wars, the wide shots, the world building shots. Um, and, you know, there was one or two shots that were pretty cool. The Mos mm-hmm. Espa flyover. But there's not enough of that stuff in in um, in, in this. And I obviously it's the first 30 minutes of a seven episode. It's also run. a desert. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, the Mandalorian had some really great shots that that were also a desert um but i i think again i think i'm i'm expecting more at this point it's a it's the second you know star wars show streaming and for me i'm i'm expecting a lot more i mean i i think there's some really cool shots in this show just speaking technically i mean the tuscans coming out of the desert is sure. one of the coolest shots in in the, in the mandalorian are in this show so far and they would have been better if it if it were uh, accompanied by a John Williams uh, song. Really the thing is, that song they played when the Tuscans come out of the desert is incredible. It may be the best piece in the whole show. I mean, the, the music was definitely off. Um, I could see uh, how you could have found that distracting. There was a couple, I thought there were definitely a couple pieces in there uh, that were uh, a little bit, dis- uh, actually, no, there's a couple pieces I thought were really nice. And I thought when we talked about the biblical nature, I thought it really gave it that feel as far as the the uh, the tragedy that he was going through. Um, but I think if they had instead of I think if they had called this prologue mm-hmm. because it, it really felt like a prologue. So when Mandalorian ended, it ended with the present. So they had to bring us back up to date mm-hmm. you know, to get us back up to the present. So I think if they just simply added prologue to this to the title. Um, and then, as you said, gave us episode one the same week. I, I think we're having a different conversation here. I feel like uh, there's a misconception here. I'm not, I'm not comparing it to Mando in terms of the story. I'm comparing it to Mando in terms of the right. production. So I yeah, just want to yeah, put yeah. that and out I there. To... That was exactly what I did not want to do. I do not want to compare these two stories. They're two totally different characters. Right. So and it's I, that's why production. I put that... That's why yeah. I put that that up there. And Gannon, also, the music is not done by the same composer as Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. The theme for the Mando, well, for, no, for Mando's, all is, the, is the same one. The themes, multiple. The th- right. the character themes are all written by Gorenson. Someone right. else is scoring it using his themes. Right. So you know, there's a lot more organic chanting in in this. Um, mm-hmm. The the end credits were like really jarring because it's they were like gregorian chants and i guess you know i can kind of yeah it was a little silly it was a little off for me but um yeah uh and you guys know i mean i've said this before i mean you cut me and i bleed star wars oh look here's star wars i mean come (laughs) on guys um so i mean we talked about and i'm not gonna i'm not gonna argue uh some of the production points that you guys are talking about but i would like to counter that with some of the costume design i mean are those not i mean i thought i was blown away oh, by yeah. the the tuscan raiders the tuscans the have never yeah, looked yeah. better yeah the, the tuscan beautiful. chief yeah. there oh my god and, yeah. and even seeing the the younglings as it were 
of the Tuscan camp. I mean, I thought they looked beautiful. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, you know, so just so we're not, like, downing on the series, I mean, the costume design in the show is beautiful. I think we've never seen sand people so uh, gorgeous in my life. Elegant. Uh, um, elegant, um, intricate. Um, they, they, they remind me of... Um, the character in uh, Solo, the intricate beads and oh, the, the bones, Emphis Nest, yeah. So yeah. they they got kind of like that on there, but um, yeah, I'm loving the costume design. Um, I do prefer Boba Fett's old costume in The Empire Strikes Back rather than the new mm -hmm. uh, the new getup. But I love his belt. But I, I also love like lots of pockets. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. uh, Did you, you enjoy the Batman suit up? Did you find that to be a little? Mm, yeah, I found, I I found like it to be a little bit of a waste of time. I don't yeah. know. Well, I, I mean, the, there's some things you just could have done without. There's only seven episodes in this yeah. first season. I don't care how Boba Fett gets dressed. Let's get to the story already. Get to it. I don't know. You know, sticking on the uh, on the same people though. Um, you know, I think you know if you watch it, like there is good character development. You're talking about, and and, and I'm speaking here of the. The, the youngling uh, Tuscan Raider along with Boba and the character development of a creature that, uh, or of a, of a being that doesn't even speak English. Mm -hmm. um, and you see how, you know, how he went from, you know, hating Boba and seeing him as nothing to, you know, Offer basically a savior. And then what Boba did for him, getting him accepted, you know, into the tribe. And you're talking about character development with no English words being spoken. So, I mean, I think that says something there. Absolutely. Yeah, that was great. And uh, Scott, yes. You know, I, I, I love wish... I love them uh, latex nipples. You know, I did like the flashbacks and I wish the whole episode would have just maybe just been dedicated to the flashbacks because the small portion that they spent on the present is actually what bothered me the most. Yeah, I was getting into the flashbacks with really, the really uh, Tuscan was. Raiders because... Yeah. Like Brad was saying, or you guys were saying, it does it does develop a certain character. It's like why, you know, it it, it um, I think it's going to solidify uh, Boba Fett's change. Mm -hmm. And I know, you know, we really didn't know Boba Fett before um, this, um, you know, only through canon stories, which you know are are non-canon stories. I'm sorry, uh, in the expanded universe, but. Um, yeah, let's. Uh, I guess let's go through a couple of um, sequences here. What'd you guys think of the Sarlacc escape? We finally see it happen. Thoughts? Disappointed. Hmm. What, what, did, you, what, did, what did you want from it? I don't know, man. Return <laughs> of the Jedi came out in '83, like you said. It. it that sequence reminded me of of my college buddies it. doing it, it with with uh, shower curtains painted black. That's what it reminded me of. You're inside the guts of a creature. What do you guys want? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I, that's the thing. Like, I, I don't know what else you wanted. Like, you want him flying out with, you know, blasters blazing like a superhero? I mean, I, there's nothing wrong with Boba Fett being a superhero for half a second and then falling on the sand and saying, oh, man, that was hard. I'm done. And then, it felt like they just wanted to brush past it. Like, okay, let's just get over the, let's get over this and not delve into this too much. And I'm like, dude, this... He punked out, like you said, in 1983. I've been waiting for him to get out of the Sarlacc pit like this whole time. So, yeah, you no, I think... do wish they would have spent a little bit more time on it. You didn't think they his, made his, too his easy. So how come no one else escapes? He's the only one? Why? What makes him so I, I don't think I don't think it was too easy. It, it was just too, too 
Yeah. I just to me cut. it looked cheap. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it just they it looked... wanted to just see you guys. Like, you use guys because that was <laughs> the part I was looking forward to the most. Is how did he get out of here when this whole time you've made it seem like this thing is so horrific that you can't escape it? I don't know. Did did you not think his hand coming out of the sand was somewhat victorious and uh, symbolic of a rebirth? That must have been quite a C-section. <laughs> it, I mean, but it is. It is 100% rebirth. I mean, that's why he's in the white. You know, after the jaw was finished stripping him, it's the white jumpsuit. The skin is white. It is 100% rebirth. That's I'm not saying it's not the a story. Rebirth. I'm just not looking at it from that point and of view. I'm not looking if, at it from a spiritual standpoint. You know what I mean? To me, I'm looking at it. This is very action packed. He's trying to get out of this monstrous creature. And to me, it just felt too easy. But I get the symbolism behind it. But that's. That's not what I wanted to focus on in that scene. I wanted more struggle, I guess. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, logically, he took the best way out of there because, I mean, although we all want to see him come out with the jetpack, mm -hmm. uh, by the way, I'll give you, uh, I'm going to, here's one of my negative points uh, for, well, Rogue just left, I guess or not. Um, <laughs> uh, why didn't he use his uh, jetpack when the guys had him surrounded in the middle of Tatooine? Right. Uh, so I'm gonna criticize there. Uh, I think this. Yeah. I think this is what I wanted to see. Well, yeah, that, well, just yeah, one, like the, just we, just we this. To see that, but how logical the, is to to go back up out of its? Well, I mean, the tremors thing was added later on, but uh, you know how how realistic would it be to come out that way? I think he took the most logical way out of out of the thing. What realistic okay. in Star Wars? Well, that's that's fair. Right. I, You know what? I'll I'll give you that because again. Uh, you know, I'm going in with my expectations and I've had this toy for many, many years and I've been looking at it for, yeah, for a long time, but it would have been cool. I mean, I would have accepted, you know, one of these shots, a little special effects with the tentacles and him struggling. And there still could have been a, 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 a struggle, a birth, you know, the, the white suit, the placenta, whatever the hell you want to call it. Um, but all right, I'll, I'll give you that one. But he should have used his jetpack later. Uh, and while we're on negative things, before I forget, how did Max Rebo live? I saw that. I don't. I had the same reaction. I was like, really? Because he blew up on the skiff. So maybe did he Max, didn't. I don't how know. did Max Rebo of all? How did that fat elephant get off the, the skiff? <laughs> you know, band members have a uh, way of exiting stage they, right, they, if they, you know they, what they, I mean. So I, I think. I think I think it's uh it's fine. An album. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, getting back to to a lot of there's a lot of setup in this episode which I loved. I loved, you know, the 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 introduction of the mayor, who is this mayor? The uh the the Parker Ninjas, uh Jennifer Beals character, mhm. Mm That's right. The Swoop Gangs, um and obviously the relationship with the Tuscans. But what do you think about the um was there too much introduced in this, like not even 30 minutes because half of it was flashback, but was there too much introduced in, in this episode to set up the subsequent show? Like you've got the, the, no. the assassins, you've got the, the, the swoop gang that is uh, pillaging the, um, the, the village there. No? No. No, I would say if they had like spent like lots of time on those things, but the fact that they just introduced concepts, I, I think is just fine. And I mean, those, the, I thought the, I thought the tribute scene was priceless. And uh, 
the major domo there uh, for the mayor. I just thought that interaction was hilarious. Uh, and uh, I'm not sure who the actor was. It's uh, David Pesquisi. Yeah, he's a comedian? Yeah, um, he did... Um, yeah, I mean, he's, he's mostly just a he, comedian. He, he reminded me of uh, Marty McFly's dad. For, at first, I thought it was Marty McFly's dad from uh, oh, Back to the Future. I mean, that's the way he acted. Um, but I just thought it, that was hilarious. And The one representing yeah. the mayor? Right. Yeah. You see, uh, he took me out of that whole scene because I thought his really? acting was oh, thought, so freaking awful. Oh, I thought it was hilarious. I could yeah. not take his voice. He sounded fake. I couldn't take it well, seriously. He's being an asshole. Yeah, he's being an asshole. It didn't come yeah. across that way, like at all. Oh, it just I, came off as like he's I, reading off the page. I, I took it as they they give Boba zero respect, and I think that's a theme that we're going to see throughout yeah. the. I mean, you have to grab respect. Again, I get what's going on. I get the conversation yeah. that's going on between two. I'm saying his delivery as an actor. I just thought it sucked and it took me out of it. But I get what's going on between the two. I understand yeah. they're totally slighting each other. I get that. But I I, li- I like I when he know. right before he left, he says, don't be surprised if another delegation oh, comes to visit God. you. Oh, I thought that was hilarious. Yeah, I, I, I kind of like that. Yeah. Um, Lunar Girl has a point. I think the assassin's boss is going to be or, or the mayor, the mayor or the yeah, assassin's the boss is going to be somebody we already know. I think I that would be kind of felt they're one in the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I think we definitely know the mayor. I'm just mm-hmm. waiting to see who it is. I think so Darth Maul. Who said that? That would excite me. I, I didn't think Moss Espo was the kind of place to uh, have a mayor, but. Um, I did like when Boba blew up one of those assassins. Oh, was yeah. Favorite that was part. I was like, okay, well, at least they're not. I'm surprised Disney let that other. happen. I was like, okay, good. Well, that's a positive. Oh, Disney lets. Disney lets uh, John Favreau blow up whatever he wants. <laughs> good. They're just, they're just going to say he teleported at the last minute and he didn't actually die. It's okay. Right, right. <laughs> Um. Yeah. So um, there's you di- know the, there's dislike of the uh, parkour uh, through uh, the spaceport. Yeah. Somebody. Uh, somebody said that. What is that, Don? <laughs> One of the es- escape pods. Yeah. Um, I had to look up parkour because I didn't know what that was. But speaking of which, the the rooftop chase was really great. Talking about you know, my, my need to see scope and wide shots and mm-hmm. production value. I think that chase uh, between the, the, the ninjas and Fennec Shan was uh, absolutely wonderful. I loved it. Yeah. I do like her and I am very interested in seeing that relationship, Fennec and Boba together. That is what I'm actually looking forward to. Oh, Scott's got a good, uh, good point here. What if, uh, what's, what if Hondo Onaka you would is think, the mayor? You would think that would be impossible, but if anybody could pull off becoming mayor <laughs> yes. on Tatooine, it would be Hondo. That would be awesome. Um, Yeah, and, you know, getting back to the Admiral Flash. Haldo. I think Admiral, Admiral Haldo is Great, great. I will say this. I did enjoy it a little bit more watching it the second time around than I did the first time around. You know, I said that same thing about The Last Jedi when I saw it the second time, but... No, I don't know. <laughs> I did. I actually did. But then I came to my senses. And, and then yeah, the third time you said nope. over the head. Nope, um, what about the um, nice little uh, tribute to Ray Harryhausen with the creature in the sand? Yeah, I mean, I, I thought it was fun to see 
I mean, yeah, that was straight Clash of the Titans. Um, but I think it was fun to see, you know, a new creature. Not, you know, mm-hmm. you, you, we have a whole galaxy to work with, and it's not a crate dragon. You know, it's not the same. It's not a Dianoga. It's not the same five creatures we see all the time. I thought it was nice to see something new for once. Andrew, you said something about this creature in your stream last night that it didn't really look Star Warsy. No, I mean the first. I watched the show twice. The first time I watched it, I was just like, "Where did this creature come from?" Like it, it, and it's largely because it doesn't look like anything that we've seen in Star Wars before. Mm-hmm. But that's perfectly fine. Like you know, we're, we're, we've gotten real used to them diving into con- old concept art to pull these creatures out, but right. they can't do that forever. Like, if we want new content, they're going to have to develop new creatures. And so after I kind of, like, had time to think about it in the second watch, I liked it a lot better. Um, I love the, you know, I would love to hear them talk about where they came up with the concept for that creature. Because it does look like something that Ray Harryhausen would have done. But it's also almost exactly ripped from the pages of uh, Edgar Rice Burroughs' Barsoom series. Yeah, as a, the, the the green martians i mean it looks just like it mm-hmm. and in those books the barsoom series has been a long long time uh drawing point for lucasfilm yeah you know i, I think uh, now that we're, we're talking about all these and all these references i think a lot of foreshadowing for this was done in in that documentary uh under the helmet where uh, especially like dave filoni uh talks about how uh, all of george lucas's loves uh, you know, you can see in the movie, oh, you yeah. know, his love of, um, you know, Japanese, uh, you know, Japanese, the samurai right. movies, the Westerns and uh, how you're going to see all those references. I think they they alluded to a lot of that in that documentary. I think we saw it in this first episode. Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. Um, I was talking with uh, S- Stephen, um, our f- author friend, Stephen, about the character of Boba Fett and uh, people. People really have it in their head that he is just a ruthless, money-grubbing bounty hunter. Um, but I, I, I think people are oversimplifying him. Um, and I'm wondering what his end goal is. You guys talked about um, a rebirth, kind of a, a rebirth of the character. What is his end goal here? Um, I don't really think it is actually uh, becoming a crime boss. Do you? I don't buy that. I think as, as much as anything, perhaps not to do the bidding of other people for the rest of his life. Mm-hmm. Okay. He wanted to be the man. Do you think some of folks' issues is, because um, we see that he definitely has a, a set of values, right? Where he, he says in this one, you know, I don't torture, right? And right. he, and he, and he uh, hires the the Gamorreans in, instead of uh, killing, you know, killing them and right. making an example right. of them. Do you think some issue or some folks might take issue with the fact that they saw him aligned a little bit differently because they had so much headcanon, right? Again, we only, you know, as the documentary said, we only had six minutes and 20 seconds of screen time. They had so much headcanon of Boba Fett that they figured he was aligned more evil mm-hmm. than what he is. Uh, is this changing people's perspective uh, of Boba? Maybe they don't like that. Or do you think that's not going to be an issue? I guess I was expecting something a little bit more aggressive and maybe that was also a little bit of a disappointment for me. I mean, but I think depending it's on where they're taking it, yeah. I'll accept it. 
And, you know, I was never a believer that Boba Fett was this, you know, hard-ass, ruthless, you know, no-mercy kind of character. And I said it, I think I've said it before somewhere, um, during The Empire Strikes Back, when he captures Han Solo and puts and instructs uh, the Bespin guards to put him in the hold, he says, you know, put Captain Solo in the cargo hold. There's like a certain, even that just one line, um, there's a certain respect he has for Han Solo. So there is kind of a, um, I don't want to say a camaraderie, but there is a respect that he has for, for this, this, I guess, almost a colleague of his that he was able to capture for, for Jabba the Hutt. And obviously he was a bounty hunter at the time and he, um, I don't know, it's, it, it, and, and someone that has not really followed a lot of EU like like you, Brad and and, and Andrew, um, I wasn't too familiar with Boba Fett the character after Return of the Jedi, other than you know the Marvel comics uh, after he escaped the Sarlacc in in that comic run. But I was more of the belief that he does have some sort of code. Um, otherwise, you know, I mean, there's a there would be a lot more people after him for some reason. Um, mm-hmm. I just believe that he does have a code, you know, rule with respect, but I just don't feel that he, his end goal is, is ruling anything. It's not, you know, it, you know, um, and as far as how he was portrayed in the EU, a lot of times it really depended on the writer. uh, But in in general, he was a lot darker than, than what we see right now. And a lot more ruthless, as you said. Um, But I think like later on, they made him have more of a set of values. Um, but, you know, I, I really like this portrayal and no, you know, he says, you know, like he says to Fennec, you know, I, I'm, I'm the crime lord. Like, who says that? You know, mm-hmm. no one no one refers to themselves as, as the crime, the lord. crime lord. Um, so I, you know, honestly, I do not think that role is going to last for long. If, you know, it's going to be a very Frank Sinatra, I did it my way type thing if he does succeed at that. Um, but at the rate he's going, I don't see that role lasting very long. Andrew, what do you think? I mean, I just, you know, I don't know where they're going with the story. I don't know if that this is he becomes successful at at ruling over, you know, his vassals. I mean, I you know, I love the fact that they've kind of set this up, you know, the the whole feudal system they've established. But you know, I don't I don't know what his goal is. Um I think I think Boba is I think he's always been a man with a code. I don't think you live long in that world without right. a code. Right. Um, you know, I love that there's more depth to the character than just, he's not just a ruthless assassin. He was a man doing a job. Um, so, you know, I don't know where they're going with it. I'm, I'm excited to see where they're headed with it. Uh, if it is more complex than him just taking over the remnants of Jabba's empire, that's, that's great. Like, I think you can tell a good story either way. Um, I'm, uh. But I I love the character. I think the character's always been um, has been a really interesting character. I think one of the things that gets his attention, you know, when you talk about the relationship between Vader and and Boba Fett, and it's this, you know, I don't think there's camaraderie there at all. They kind of uh, you know almost snap at each other a couple of times with the you know he's no use to me dead, and the uh, you know Vader has to step aside and say hey no disintegrations there. That's right. not a it's a as a, there's a mutual respect between uh, Fett and Vader. They they understand who each other are. Uh, 
And I think, and, and you know, knowing who Vader is, who Anakin is, I think what he largely, what I, in my head, Ken, what I've always thought is that what he largely respects about Boba is that Boba's not afraid of him. Yeah, I can see that totally. You know, this, uh, we're, I, I think we're going to find out that this entire series is, you know, like you guys said, it's, it's, it's going to end up being a, a, a character study on, on Boba Fett. Um, Brad, you said it. Uh, the reason they picked uh, this biblical title here is because of that. Um, we're going to get to see, you know, what his code is, maybe. We're going to get to see what his end results are. And um, I'm really wondering, too, you know, towards the end, you know, how this this small story here fits in the larger scheme of things um, once the uh, once the series is done and once... Mando season three um, gets released. Will we see some sort of crossover? Will we see some sort of influence? Um, those are all things that I'm looking forward to. How many episodes uh, do we have in the season? Seven. Seven. They got they got a long way to go for. Uh, I, I can see what you guys are saying. They get they, they have a long way to go for only having seven episodes here. That's what I'm saying. You know, that's why I, I say pick up I, the pace just a little yeah. bit. I could have not, yeah. you know, we could have lost the Batman getting dressed up and, uh, you know, and, and all that stuff. But I don't know. It is what so, it is. Are you guys not uh, optimistic for the for the rest of the season? I am. No, I am. I'm not I'm, that. Yeah. Brad, you know, I'm always optimistic I'm for any Star either. Wars except for one in particular. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> I mean, I. Uh, tie-ins uh, do we have any predictions for tie-ins i mean i don't think we need more predictions or any more uh tie-ins to the cloning process or anything i think they did enough of that with the mandalorian right uh, so uh are we looking at uh the republic the the founding of the republic uh any anything like that that is interesting because you know we did spend a lot of time on the mandalorian show uh trying to figure out the whole cloning thing and mm -hmm. We see some pickled Snokes in a jar. Um, so, are, you know, are we going to see more of that or or, or what's going to happen? But, you know, we'll, we'll see. Yeah. I mean, Cad, Bane, some, Cad Bane's name was just mentioned in the chat. Uh, I think everybody would love to see Cad Bane. I mean, that's something that's been, you know, talked about and ever since Clone Wars. Uh, and I think... We, we would love to see that and we would love to see, you know, right there in the middle, you know, want to go full Western, good, bad and the ugly right in the middle of Moss Espa, uh, Boba Fett and Cad Bane going at it. Uh, I think that makes it worth it right there. Yeah. Now, I think there's any number of bounty hunters that could show up here mm -hmm. uh, as well as any number of people from especially the expanded universe era uh, from the, the underworld, the criminal underworld. That's a Kiro's. Yeah, yeah that's girl. the other one Thank I keep you. hearing. Kiro. Yeah. yeah. So Dash Rendar is going to show up, right? Look. <laughs> no, I like Dash Rendar. I'm a Dash Rendar fan. All right, good. Yeah. I'm a Dash apologist all, all day. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, you've even got a big name actor out there, you know, begging to play the roles in uh, Zachary Levi. So there you go. Um, you know, there's there's a ton of people, but I do think that this is a more personal story for Boba Fett. I think that's the reason for the title. Um, I think that the Mandalorian is telling. I mean, 
at some point, I won't be surprised if we tell the story of the Mandalorian without Din Djarin even being in, being involved. I think that the grand scope, I think that Filoni's grand vision for that is the reestablishment of Mandalore. That's interesting. Uh, because I think we're telling two side-by-side stories, and Filoni's heavily involved in both the reestablishment of the Jedi and the reestablishment of the Mandalorians. So the parallel. And I, and I think this is a smaller personal story. Yeah, and I posted something earlier about um, the flashbacks in The Mandalorian. They kind of dropped that after the second episode or the second season um, where the Death Watch uh, rescues uh, him from the droids. And I wanted to, I actually wanted to see more of that. Maybe we'll get back to it because I have a feeling that uh, Din Djarin is a little kid. He was somebody important. And, uh, you know, again, we'll, we'll, that could be another show. But uh, I think they, the Death Watch, the Death Watch fed him the lie of uh, not taking off your helmet. Uh, and the reason for that is because uh, somebody important might recognize you um, because you are somebody uh hmm important but that's another show um you know again i'm i'm looking forward to more you know criminal underworld in the star wars uh universe and that's one of my biggest uh reasons for really really um you know wanting uh andor to show up sooner rather than later i think uh what we got a, a, a taste of in rogue one uh, for me, was uh, spectacular as far as the duality of the the reb the rebellion, um, and how the empire works hand in hand with uh, with the criminal underground to kind of establish, um, you know, uh, order in the galaxy. And it's not just the empire. I think they, you know, we saw um, in Solo that they were kind of working hand in hand. So anything that has to do with the criminal underground in the Star Wars universe. You know, again, Mandalorian is going to definitely touch on that, and I think I'm 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 all there for. Um, I'm looking forward to next uh, next week's episode. Yeah, and there was a um, I didn't I'm not sure if any of you guys got a chance to read it. There was a comic book series that came out last year, uh, the Bounty Hunter Wars. Uh, so where a lot of these guys went at it. So I'm not sure what the of course that's you know that's canon as well. I'm not sure if there's going to be any integration. I'm not sure what the outcome of I never got a chance to read it, uh, what the outcome of that was. But uh, I think Andrew's right. I think there's going to be a lot of, this, um, you know, uh, not just low-level assassins, but uh, some, you know, he, he talks about, you know, working for the Trandoshans at one point. You know, Bosk is still out there. Um, you know, there's going to be some well-known, you know, some folks even wanted to see Dengar's diaper head uh, back <laughs> Uh, and we might see some high-level bounty hunters uh, taking some pot shots at Boba, uh, trying to get the throne, as it were. That reference when the Trandoshan came in with the Wookiee pelt, uh, yeah. he told Fennec Shan, I used to work with him, or work for him. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to go back to, uh, was it uh, an earlier season of either Rebels or the Clone Wars where Boba Fett was a kid? Didn't he hook up with some... Uh, some bounty hunters uh, as a child and wasn't a Trandoshan one of them. So I thought, I thought, again, I'd have to look it up, it but was, I thought yeah. there was a connection there that was, Filoni was kind of bringing into the mix here. Yeah. And I mean, uh, Aura Singh was there, you know, of course. And so, you know, she's got connections through, uh, you know, the solo movie. Um, but uh, were you guys not 
you know, we talk about the negative and I'm many of your points. I'm not even going to argue, but that first couple of minutes where it even that we went back to Camino. Oh yes. And, I and love that too. Was yeah. that not, I mean, I thought that was perfect. That was great. Yeah. Again, his, his visions. Um, and I read somewhere that that shot over the shoulder of uh, young Boba looking mm-hmm. at the helmet was, was a brand new shot. Yeah. Um, so that's that's pretty cool. But yeah, I, I loved all that stuff, um, you know, for nostalgic reasons, obviously. But it uh, ties everything together, which is uh, which is fantastic. Give me more fan service, Dave, <laughs> Dave Richards. Fan yeah, service is always good. I, I love it. It's got to make sense, though. Filoni is the master at it, and, but he does it in a in a classy way. Sure. I mean, it's not mm-hmm. just in your faces right right you and know, there like, is uh there is a the, the the one thing that gives me optimism brad if you will is <laughs> the fact that uh filoni is involved obviously in telling the story and we're going to be uh getting some more uh nuggets and tidbits you know we uh we started um dropping some nuggets and and uh, making sure that nobody spoiled it for people that uh didn't see the episode but there wasn't really a lot of like holy crap moments to to actually spoil in this episode so uh, i ho- no. i'm hoping that we get uh we get some really good nuggets uh this uh next next uh episode and, and just whatever hungry? exercise program the gamorians have been on over these uh, years it, it has really paid hey, dividends yeah I mean, andrew said he they they all skipped leg day yeah, well, they did skip leg day but i'm you know, really true out. I like the chunky Gamorreans. Oh, me too. They look terrible in this episode. Yeah. They're, they're, they're pretty big. Yeah. It was awful. <laughs> like, I understand what they went for. I mean, obviously, if you want to have these guys moving around and fighting, they can't look like the Return of the Jedi Gamorreans. No, but, right. um, yeah, it, it's they, they still look a little silly. They look silly. Throw in a few of them in the background, though. It's the, kind of the 1980s, chunky ones. Uh, 1980s uh, Incredible Hawk sort of looking green paint. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Chantel, your uh, your notes. <laughs> Anything else in your notes? I actually had the same thought that you just said too. Like there was just no holy shit moment <laughs> in the episode. Yeah, and yeah. I, I mean, just, I just had a problem with. I don't know. I mean, you know, I, I guess I don't know what I was expecting, and that's the part I'm having a hard time articulating what I was expecting versus what i got but this is always not, the that, danger that's not to say, yeah and that's not to say i had high expectations i guess i just i guess look i i don't do any reading and maybe that's my problem i i've never picked up a single you know comic or star wars book you know what i mean i'm only going off of the movies right. and that's really about it so for me i needed something a little bit more to really care about this character and like I said, for this only being seven episodes long, I think you should have come out of the gate just a little stronger. That's like it. A, and like I know everyone like maybe, everyone maybe keeps saying, here. oh, you can't maybe. shoot your wad in the first episode. I'm not saying that at all. Oh, but it's after you... 10 o'clock here. You can say that now. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's uh, but again, if you take the credits into consideration, it's not a 38-minute episode. It's less than that. So ag- sure. again what did you really give me in this episode vulnerability that's what they gave you he's vulnerable what did he do (laughs) (laughs) i don't don't, uh, 
Well. And again, I, I look, I still like it more than the animated stuff. I still have not been able to go back to Clone Wars. I did I'll not. The holiday in, special. Did yeah. not enjoy Bad Batch at all. I stopped after three episodes. So I, that's another problem. That's the other reason why I was disappointed. I have literally have been waiting for something like this since season two ended of Mandalorian. Yeah. And, and but I think again, that's I, why. Yeah. I, I still think that kind of the division you see in people that are less than sold on it and and people that love it is is the fact that I think you're going to experience this a lot. Every time Star Wars comes back, takes a character with decades of headcanon, mm-hmm. some people are going to are going to be disappointed in the story. I, I think that's always going to be the danger. If you went and decided to do a Luke Skywalker series right now, Mm-hmm. people are going to be disappointed in it. I, I mean, I don't even have to know what the story would be about to know that people are going to be disappointed in it. Sure. Yeah. But again, you know, I, I, I came in with, with, uh, I came in with higher expectations because not because of my knowledge of Boba Fett, the character and the expanded universe. Cause I really, you know, like I said earlier, I really didn't touch the expanded universe as much as, as a lot of other people. Um, I came in it with high hopes because it's a Star Wars and there's a certain benchmark in my head for for anything with that label on it. Um, and unfortunately, this first 30 minutes really didn't live up to it I for, think, for me. Yeah, I think, you know, given the given the title of the show, mm-hmm. you know, I think this might be one of those, you know, let's watch the entire series. Sure. And then see if it, you know, if it's just one piece, you know, in, in the bigger puzzle. And maybe it, it, you know, it'll have to be one of those in retrospect. It definitely has a place in the bigger story. I just don't want it to be a mini Mandalorian either. Like, I already have a problem that it's chapters just like the Mandalorian. The music was trying to sound somewhat similar to the Mandalorian, but I still thought it sucked. I just don't want it to be that. I don't. Yeah. And I think after the, the, the last episode, I don't think it will be that. I think, I uh, you know, obviously, you know, the, the character is. It's a different character. Um, I'm just I'm looking forward to seeing what you know at the end of everything, you know what uh, what we'll be here talking about, you know when when we get to the end, you know. Yeah. By the way, I do love the actor. I love him. Oh I, yeah, I, yeah, I really do. I think he does a great job. If Boba Fett shoots more rockets out of her wrist and and blows up more ninjas, I'll be happy. Mm-hmm. And doesn't forget he's got a jetpack. Yeah. on his back yeah and again not to say that all i want is pew pew action no, no, no. running no 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 i you know i love dave filoni for how he tells stories i loved uh you know the clone wars i love mm-hmm. that slow build but just something something was off uh, uh about this um and i obviously i explained uh, i explained my reasons but you know looking forward to uh chapter two mm-hmm. so we'll see yeah, um, I'm not writing off the whole series. Absolutely not. I'm going to watch the whole thing. <laughs> anything else? In Filoni and Favreau, we trust. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Andrew, anything else? No. I mean, I'm I'm still, you know, I'm I'm I have a lot of high hopes still, you know, even after the first episode. I you know, there there are things that could have been better. I'm just glad we're um, all still friends. <laughs> Um, but no, it's, it's, I'm not going to, I'm not going to write it off 
because you know, like I said, my primary issue is a pacing issue. Um, I'm I, I understand the complaints about some of the production things. Um, I'm a you know, and I understand why you come at it from that direction. Mm-hmm. And I'm a I'm always a story first person. I will watch a really terribly visual movie or show if it gives me the story I want. Um, you know, if it gives me good a good meaty story, mm-hmm. and. So far, I think the story's there, and I think that the other things will catch up to it. You know, it's funny that you say that, because if they spent the entire episode with, uh, with the uh, Tusken Raiders, I'd be, I think I'd be a little better with it, because there, there was a story there. It's just, mm-hmm. It just felt so truncated for me. Yeah. It just stopped like right at a, at a good point. So Maybe it's just showing you what happens when uh, you're in, you know, laying it back to the only thing I did like about the two different stories was because of everything that was happening with the Tuscan. It totally explained his whole wanting to rule with respect versus fear, you know, and just seeing how what he did for them by killing this creature. And then he's offering him water at the end of the episode. And then, you know, him having said that, I was like, OK, well, maybe that's obviously where he got that from. It doesn't have to be the way that Jabba did it. So that part I did appreciate. But yeah. I also didn't like the way it ended. It was so... It, it does feel abrupt, um, yeah, but, but at the same abrupt. time, when I watched it again, I love where it ended, and I don't know why it feels so abrupt. I think because we're used to longer episodes of of Star Wars, and this be. really this really seemed like a like an old Western TV show on yes. on television. It really seemed like that, and I know that's the the basis of of doing all this, you know, Mando and the Western Sergio Leone, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but it really, I think it really, really felt that um, because of the the, the length and the, you know, you I. It's it's funny. I I almost expected when when the Tuscan Raider handed uh, Boba Fett the the little seedling of of water, mm-hmm. and then the credits rolled. I I almost you, you guys remember how Naked Gun ended? It's like the credits rolled, and they're like. That's what I I almost expected uh, Boba Fett to to like freeze in frame, and then the credits start to roll over him. How That's 80s. one of the biggest jokes we've made on this show. <laughs> But I, I do love that last scene, though. The kid comes running back into the village, With and the he's yeah. and, and he's I mean he's straight up telling about how he killed the creature. Yeah, I wish I knew what they were. And saying. the chief's just like you know totally not buying it. Right. right. <clears throat> Hilarious. Yeah. Still gets the cred. Every time I hear Tuscan Raiders, it sounds like a football team. No, no, <laughs> Star Wars football team. No, okay, never mind. How Sorry, Brad. You watch the- <laughs> foot, foot, foot. What? Foot what? Sorry, I forgot who I was talking to. The sports ball. Oh, my bad. The sports ball thing. <laughs> Kelly cool. Will appreciate that. <laughs> All right, so uh, just want to thank everybody that was uh, in the chat, having uh, their conversation, adding to the uh, mix of uh, of yeah, our okay. stream today. Love our chat. Love you guys. Um, I don't know what else is going on uh, with you guys, Andrew, Science Fictionary, and Coruscant Radio Underground. Um, I am. Marisha has talked me off of the ledge on Coruscant Radio Underground. I, <laughs> I'm so you know, glad. Well, we got off to a bad start last year. You know, it. it my, my grandfather passed early in the year, and I just kind of got off track and never got back on. Totally get it. And so 
we've got a lot. I've got a really, really big show. I think I talked to you about coming on for it uh, that we're kind of planning um, based on rebuilding the Jedi Order. Um, and so we've got that coming up soon. We're going to do a lot of new stuff with Coruscant Radio Underground and hopefully go back to a weekly show. Um, and Science Fictionary, we're fixing to ramp that back up. We kind of slowed down towards the end of the year, but we're fixing to ramp that one back up as well. Very nice, very nice. I caught your um, your discussion with... Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> Never mind. This is dumb. I'm like, hey, I caught your discussion um, with uh, David and... Uh, what are you guys talking about, Hawkeye? I'm like, wait a minute. I was on that show. No wonder I caught the discussion. <laughs> oh, my God. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, right? So you were parked my car. <laughs> oh, no. But, uh, yeah, you guys are putting them out there. Thank you so much. And, uh, Shanti, you are not only the co-host of the Scare of Scuttlebutt podcast, but you're over there with uh, Alan at the Press Play Studios. What are you guys going on? Well, first You guys were on a little hiatus, right? Yeah, we were on a hiatus, basically all of November, because there really wasn't much to do in November in terms of movies and stuff. But we did have a nice December with all of our Christmas stuff. Um, we did switch, uh, switch to a bi-weekly format, so we're only going to be on every other week. So we won't be on this week, but I believe next week I think we're going to be starting like cult classics and things like that. So that'll be a lot of fun. And also, just really quick... I know it was already all over Twitter, but I just want to say again, happy anniversary to Andrew and Marissa. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Absolutely. Um, did uh, did Alan start releasing his uh, special series that he started doing? No, I started think his doing? goal for that is February, because I think okay. he's still doing his Recording. Uh, interviews. And cool. I'm just waiting for Andy to feel better, so... Her, myself and Andrew can finally record pirates. <laughs> oh, I've got right. I've got pages and pages and pages know, of notes. I'm so sorry. I have to see how she's we'll be doing. doing. We'll and be then doing Frank that and soon. I are hopefully going to be recording an episode on the Twilight Zone because I absolutely love the Twilight Zone. The old one or the new one? The old one. The old one. The old one. Oh, okay. The old one. <laughs> Had me worried there for a second. No, no. <laughs> and Mr. Brad, how I'm you doing, scared. man? I'm just here. <laughs> What's up, Brad? <laughs> Oh, just happy to be back on with you guys. It's always yeah, it's a pleasure. Good to see you, buddy. So all the t- uh, anytime, yeah. man. Anytime. Yeah. I so know, uh, uh, this uh, this year is going to be uh, give everybody a spoiler alert. This year is going to be crazy for me, uh, just based off my uh, work schedule. But uh, mm-hmm. I will be on the podcast uh, any and every opportunity that I get throughout the year. So uh, I will jump in the conversation whenever I can. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Excellent. Um, so this, uh, this is going to be a, a weird week for me. I am going to be traveling, but uh, this Thursday. So last year I recorded a series of conversations um, with some friends and um, I'm starting to put them together. The first one drops on Thursday. Um, I spoke with Marisha. Um, about representation. Um, And again, I I recorded this last year, maybe a year and a half ago. Um, Things were a little hot under the collar for everybody, so I I kind of uh, put them on the back burner. But, you know, it's something that that I think about from time to time. Um, But I talked to Marisha about representation, and this Thursday I'm dropping that episode. It's one of three 
because as Star Wars fans, we like trilogies, right? So it's one of uh, the first of the trilogy of uh, a three um, episode series uh, that drops on Thursday. I also talked with Yoshi Vu about the subject. We'll do that the following week. And last but not least, uh, most recent uh, member of the Red Five uh, team, uh, Amanda Jedi Caligula. Um, I talked to her about representation, and that will be uh, released the following Thursday after uh, after that second one with Yoshi. So uh, those are uh, coming out. I'm also traveling. Uh, Charles and Amanda are meeting me in St. Petersburg in Florida. We're going to do some... Uh, comic-con um coverage uh at the saint pete comic-con so uh throughout the weekend and uh, early next week we'll we'll be dropping some nuggets uh we're going to be interviewing some people and uh checking out what uh florida has to offer us nerds what's with you and nuggets today are you hungry <laughs> i think i am <laughs> oh my god yeah, absolutely. well at least you didn't say hilarious so oh that's right not not even you. once not even once no, no i'm proud of you let your mom know i will Awesome. Awesome. And uh, again, guys in the chat, thank you so much. And Lunar Girl for uh, moderating for us. Uh, if you notice that she's got a cool little blue wrench on there, whatever that means. Right. Oh, can I can I give a random shout out? Random uh, shout out. Let's go to uh, Shanty's mom. That's a weird shout out to give uh, for anybody no, that doesn't have no. the context. Uh, but uh, Ro was uh, kind enough to let me uh, hear the voicemail uh, that she left the show. Um, and, uh, I want to, uh, thank her and, uh, Chantel, thank you as well. Um, that meant a lot, you know, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> podcasting is not easy. You know, anybody who hasn't, you know, it, you know, That's why she and, doesn't want to come on, <laughs> you know, and, and people, you know, it's, you know, just getting in front of a camera and you talk, but then, you know, you have these questions in your head is, is anybody watching? Is anybody listening? Uh, why the hell are we doing this? And, uh, you know, I see that we have a few people in the chat and if you can just get a couple people listening, um, and if it, you know, if it brings anybody out of a dark time, mm-hmm. uh, in their life, then that makes it worth it. So Chantel, to, to, to hear the impact that we were able to have and to bring you into the family like that, it, it was amazing. So, you, you know, I you know, have I, no I, idea how grateful my parents are truly yeah yeah definitely so so thank and you. she told me she went over she actually i didn't I actually knew what she had said before she uh left the voicemail because she wrote it down like a script <laughs> and went over it a couple of times she was very nervous by the way yeah. leaving that voicemail but yeah when she told me what it was i was like oh i was like no wonder you made ro cry <laughs> Yeah, and I uh, we slipped it in. Uh, which episode was the that? Tim the, the Tim Burton uh, episode. The one that finally <clears throat> happened. Yeah. So. Uh, <laughs> p- Makes but yeah, absolutely. Um, I listened to that, and uh, I was very touched. Um, I she let uh, I let Brad uh, check it out as well. Yeah. Obviously, it was a direct message to him. And, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, we're uh, we're happy to have you. Shanti. Thank you. And um, very grateful that... to have met you, all of you. Isn't that weird? Why? I always tell Brad about being careful with internet friends, and here we are. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Greatest but... friends, hundreds of miles away. Yeah. Right. You love me for all my weirdness. <laughs> exactly. We love you because of all your weirdness. Mm-hmm. 
All right, guys. Uh, if you guys are checking this out on the replay, thank you very much for finding us on YouTube. We are uh, wherever you find your other favorite podcast on any podcatcher. Just search Scarif Podcast. And uh, I'm going to say it, although I know Shinobi's going to laugh. Leave us a voicemail if you... <laughs> If you want to chime in and talk about uh, Book of Boba Fett or anything geeky that we like to talk about, uh, the phone number is 773-234-8659. Leave us a voicemail or uh, email us at scarifscuttlebutt at gmail.com. We'd love to hear your comments. We'd love to hear your feedback. We'd love to hear what is on your mind. Um, And then send us some quick cut uh, topic ideas. We'd love to kind of chat about that as well with friends on subsequent shows uh any final thoughts before i hit that uh outro music happy new year happy new year and that's the scuttlebutt love you guys